0: welcome to here come the sequels a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time i'm tyler
1: and i'm now the shotgun you grab when you realize that you're best friends with lance reddick i mean i'm alex and i'm britain as invisible
2: to you as the golden globe nominations this year are to everyone but britain (laughs) uh (laughs) hi guys (laughs) welcome to the podcast tyler and alex
0: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: Oh, anytime. Lovely to be here. Yeah, no problem. Gonna take a quick break to tell you all about uh healthy healthy snack. <laughs> 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 Ger- I g- think, good seeds.
0: I think we need to do one of these things where we make up fake advertisements, mm. but instead of just doing like, oh, here's a bit about this brand, we need to we need to dedicate 30 seconds each to each of these fake brands Okay, at the beginning of the podcast, as is tradition for Big Produce Podcast.
2: Yeah. We're we just... got to
0: prove that we can do it, you know?
2: Yeah. We were like, oh, I can't wait to hear Conan O'Brien talk to Catherine Hahn. That's great. Let me do five minutes of <laughs> of ads for various services that I won't mention in case they ever want to sponsor us, because um, they're all great, <laughs> I'm sure.
0: Here at Hat Martyr. Leave. <laughs> <I don't believe.
2: laughs> <laughs> There's stamps, and you can buy them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hat martyr, we sell stamps. Um, <laughs> this week we're talking about John Wick Three Parabellum. Mm-hmm. I think we do. We still have the chapter. Yes, yes. So we still have the chapter, but they changed from the spelling two to the number three. Uh, Interesting, which is neat. I like the slow yeah development of this uh i i i i'm uh concerned that we're going to take a step back with like four like if we go back to four and we don't have a subtitle i'm gonna be like what is this i hope
2: that the change is that it's ch dot (laughs) four that'd be good colon i don't know hats
1: off to christmas or whatever
0: revolution yeah resolution
1: Do we change it from chapter? Do we start using like episode or volume or? <laughs> I, would, Possible. I hope they just really
2: mess it up and go John Wick chapter four, the book of John Wick. <laughs> Wait, what?
1: <laughs> a book and a chapter. John
0: Wick volume two, chapter one.
1: Yes. Book of Eli, but it's book, book of Wick. <laughs> hmm Just the Keanu. Beginning. Just Keanu Reeves is wandering the desert for an hour and a half. Uh, we got... I mean, Some we got that. close. It wasn't apocalyptic, yeah. but we got close.
0: Yeah. Um. Anyway, tell us about this movie, Alex,
1: <laughs> fellow uh,
0: guest on this podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, John Wick Chapter Three: Parabellum. Once again, directed by Chad Stilhesky from uh Stileski. There we. Be. All right. All right. Britain. All right. <laughs> From 2019, it has an 89% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 86% audience score. Mm. Um, That is tied for top spot for the critics with Chapter 2, which also has an 89%. And that is one percentage point higher than uh, Part 2. And that's the highest audience score.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Well, I just proved that I'm very good at reading names, but uh, not so good at reading synopses. Thankfully, I've got uh, a little buddy, <laughs> <laughs> a, a special partner, uh, who can do take care of that for us. And you guys know who that is. It's uh, our old buddy, Mark Zuckerberg. Come on in here, Mark. Oh, wow. You've been... You okay? You look a little flushed. Hey. I've been spending all day exercising, staying active, and getting fit. That's this. Oh, okay, you know what? That's just semantics, Mark. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's really great. I am going to step away from the mic, get out of the splash zone here, while you just sit down. You just towels in the bathroom, bud, if you just want to take the, uh, Take the synopsis, man. Just, just right there for you. Don't have to touch the computer. Don't do that. I want to use it. <laughs> sure. Okay, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabolum. After gunning down a member of the High Table, the Shadowy International Assassins Guild, legendary hitman John Wick finds himself stripped of the organization's protective services. Now, stuck with a $14 million bounty on his head, Wick must fight his way through the streets of New York as he becomes the target of the world's most ruthless killers. All right. Thanks, buddy. Um, Do you want to get back to your, I don't know, Peloton or whatever it is? Ow! Mark! Poke! Mark, come on. Poke! Mark, that wasn't fun like 10 years ago. Poke! guy does this to me at night. Scares the hell out of me. Mark, just go work out. Poke the punching bag or whatever. God, just... Give me a break. Kit Kat. Mark, that wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be, but... <laughs> okay, he's... He's going. He's doing
1: butt kickers all the way into the kitchen. <laughs> you know, eventually we'll get Mark's uh, thoughts on the actual film we're discussing, but not today. Tyler, no. what is your best yeah. and worst thing? <laughs> I'm generally a little hesitant to get Mark's thoughts on a lot of things.
0: Uh Sure i'm very excited to see how yeah. the audio of that that roommate spat comes out yeah that'll be fun
2: yeah i bet <laughs> i bet it will wait hang on i just got it i had to close the door to my bathroom mark was in the tub doing laps okay tyler go ahead
0: uh <laughs> did 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 mark buy this this apartment i assume <laughs> We talking Olympic sized
2: here? Now you know, there's a lot of questions about why Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is living with me. <laughs> um, and There's so much to dig into in other episodes of the show. It's an ongoing sort of lore n- subplot of our little show here. <laughs> Do you guys ever get scared that one day we'll go professional and have to just immediately get canceled? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know that this would be cancel worthy no (laughs) yeah i'm not sure what
2: Nah, i guess that's true i guess maybe i'm thinking more of like illegal backlash
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think there's a different word for that i think it's i think it's called sued yeah i think it's called i should also point out this uh, mark mark
2: does spell his name m-r-m-a-r-c sure sure uh b-u-r-g at the end of zuckerberg there so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay anyway tyler i've interrupted you twice now please uh do your your grim work (laughs) uh
0: yeah my uh best and worst thing about john wick are well you know the dictionary definition of of best is the thing that is most uh,
2: (laughs) most of it
0: that is the most the thing that is better than the other things um (laughs) No, I'll start with my worst because I, I have that more on my brain. Um <clears throat> I think my worst thing is the... I said length last week and I think it's the same this week but a little more specific. Uh I think there are one too many sequences in the middle of the movie introducing a new character. <laughs> um... The, I I would also argue the third act is a little bit long. Um, it's it's fun, it's good stuff, but it is yeah. There, there's quite a bit of, it's quite an extended set of fighting between John Wick and other parties. Um, but really, what to me was kind of like I, I I feel like we're losing some focus here. Is John Wick? He starts. He's running because he's been excommunicado. Did. Uh, and then he has to go, uh, to his to use his his ties with uh, a Russian gang to get transport to Morocco, and yes. then in Morocco he meets Halle Berry who is running one of the Continentals, uh, and he says he has a marker with Halle Berry's thumbprint on it. That means Halle Berry has to give him his like has to do a thing for him and then so he makes her introduce him to Braun <laughs> from game of thrones uh who is and we'll dig into this because this is a really cool concept but he is like the banker for the assassins basically like he he create he is running the factory that has been creating the coins and yeah. the markers he is the
2: master of coin
0: yes yes uh and <laughs> full circle um <laughs> and we introduce him to him and John Wick wants to use him to talk to the Elder, who is somebody who sits above the table, the high table, and therefore can, like, absolve him of things. And then John Wick goes to the Elder, who lives in the desert, and cuts his finger off um, as a sacrifice to the Elder sort of thing. Again, we'll talk about all these things. I'm skimming over them. And then we go back to New York, uh, and there John does not actually... Fulfill his promise to the elder to kill or promise or his contract or whatever you call it with the elder to kill Winston, the head of the New York continental. Uh, therefore not, not rendering it pointless because there is a journey that John kind of goes on there, but, and it is how he actually gets back to New York and back to the continental. Um, but it is a little meandering. I think we, we have multiple stops there new locations uh it's very circuitous and early on in the movie there is a point where john or no this is i'm thinking of the end of the movie is it the end of the movie where john uh sticks his hand on the steps and lance reddick is like come on in that's friend.
2: towards the end okay yeah, that's so never mind that's,
1: that's leading into the third act yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. um so you know it do- it does ultimately get him back uh in a spot where he could potentially it gets him back in a spot where he can potentially not be killed by the high table and also kind of sparks the third act. Um, But to me, that was, that was a little much. I think that being introduced to all of these concepts, I I almost wish we built up to the idea of this elder because we don't really get a lot about him. And that feels like the most out of left field, like, okay, another hotel owner. Great. I love the idea of, us going to explore this factory mm-hmm. that produces these things. I think that's a really cool wrinkle and in, in addition. That it's like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. We have all these coins everywhere that the assassins use, uh, and they use these markers, and we just assume that they're just things that exist. And it's like, oh no, they have to come from somewhere, and they've had this forge that goes back many years, and that's how this like underground economy works. Uh, that's super cool, and I, I kind of wish we spent more time dwelling on that. And maybe if, if Braun was like both the elder and what, what is that character? What is that actor's uh, name? Jerome uh, Flynn, J- Jerome Flynn. Okay. I was going to say Jeremy or something. Yes. Jerome Flynn. Um, if he was like both the elder and the sure coin master, that would be something that would work. I think if, if we did something else there, um, I almost want to say if we, if you cut out Halle Berry, although she's great, yeah, in awesome. it's, it, it's, it's really fun to see her and, um, especially after I, uh, remember being very upset with, uh, very upset. It's a movie. It's a, it's a superhero movie, but I was not a fan of her as uh storm in the x movies.
1: Look, Tyler, um, I think it's fair to say that we've been burned multiple times by Halle Berry appearances in genre films.
0: This is true. Yes. Uh,
1: die so another really day. Nice. Go on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to see her in this and be like. Oh, she's she's great. She's having a good time and, and does a really good job and has a good like rapport with uh Keanu. Um But point is I think that we introduced three characters there, and that's where I think the movie really kinda sags in the middle for me. Um they're all interesting on their own, but I think by the time we get to the elder, I'm kinda like, Alright, what are we what are we doing here? What's sure. <laughs> like what where, where, where what's the direction here? chad (laughs) what's the plan um so that that would be my worst thing uh which was fittingly also very rambly uh i would say my best thing i think i'd probably say how far the movie goes out of the way to highlight how john wick can be a weapon as long as he has literally anything in his hand yeah um (laughs) we can dig into these because there are a lot of very fun examples but like he's constantly using anything in his environment as a way to kill somebody and it's in a it's it's using incredible choreography i think i messaged y'all early on in my viewing of this and said that the knife fight sequence early on in this is the greatest thing in in all (laughs) of film um which is like, it is, it's an exaggeration, but not, not that much. Um, yeah. It's, Clarification, it's this good. is the
2: one where he's like throwing knives into people. And one guy gets like yes. nine knives in him at one point. Yes.
0: Yeah, we we awesome. can talk about it a little bit more, okay. but well, I mean, just there's,
1: there. there's just a bit where John's against two guys and they're just throwing knives at, <laughs> at each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great.
0: Um, we'll, we'll talk about, I think all of these different things, but like they all, are, they all are done with incredible like precision and choreography. Um, I almost was like less interested by the end of the movie when he had all these guns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was less invested <laughs> in the action. Cause I was like, Oh, he's yeah, of course. Yeah. Like he's going to kill all these guys. What are you like? And it, it's neat uh, to have it. the wrinkle.
1: We saw him with a pencil. Give him a pin against all these armored guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, turn him into bullseye for the daredevil <laughs> uh, saga character franchise, please. Um, but I, I do like that. They add like wrinkles in that as well. they, the the guys have body armor, so they have to figure out how to deal with the body armor of the 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 grunts in the third act. But uh, it especially that early on when he's just trying to flee and and get back to or get to somewhere where he can escape, uh, it it's really incredibly done.
2: Yeah, I definitely uh I, I agree. There are <clears throat> many many things that I could have picked as my my best thing. I For my worst thing, I'm going to pick something ultimately pretty small, almost just so that we've like, cool, we addressed it, we can move on, because I, I agree about the length. Um, there is some iffy CGI in the movie, a couple of digital assists that are a little hinky, nothing too major, and it ultimately works out because that leads to my best thing, which is animals. Um, John uses multiple horses to kill multiple <laughs> people. about that already. And there's a part where he slaps a horse so the horse back kicks a guy <laughs> kills him by kicking him in the head. And there's, which I totally understand, like they had to do some digital assists so that like they didn't actually have a stunt person get kicked by a horse. Um, it still worked for me. I was totally fine with it. I was mm-hmm. ear to, grinning ear to ear. Um, he uses a horse against motorcycle assailants. He, uh, uh, yeah, multiple horses. His dog lives, both of Halle Berry's cool german shepherd attack dogs live despite one of them being shot by braun um but not really and so don't worry everybody the dogs don't die and those dogs were fantastic um the, this movie felt like it was mostly the, the most the movie that so far has most embraced having fun and like there are comedic moments in this movie mm-hmm. in dialogue and there are action sequences like you've mentioned alex with them just throwing knives at each other that like oh that's funny like that's a po- that's a joke. And there are some bits with the dogs. Those, There's a lot of uh, groin-centered uh, uh, trauma <laughs> going on in this movie um, inflicted upon the, the bad guys, many of which at the hands or jaws, shall I say, of these attack dogs. And uh, it's just awesome. I loved it. I loved all the animal usage. Um, and I, we frequently on this podcast, I frequently on this podcast, mention Bumblebee and recite uh my daily affirmation mantra which is <laughs> a robot wraps the chain around other robot and pulls on the chain and the other robot explodes and it's great it's a great moment we haven't i think ad- adopted one of the moments from john wick because there are so many in each movie that like to describe all of them they're so busy and so detailed it's hard yeah. for me to like pull one out and then aptly describe it um so it's it's not that I, even I would not consider that moment in Bumblebee to be cooler than stuff in John Wick. It's just John Wick is it is easier to uh uh vis- to describe uh, succinctly. Um, but yeah, a lot of good animals, horses and dogs, good time, real dog and pony show. Alex,
0: I would just like to say that I think in terms of quote on the quotes on the poster, I don't think you could do better than oodles of groin centered trauma. <laughs>
2: Oodles <laughs> from Collider. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, if they did that, I might have more respect for them. Anyways, uh oh, snap! My best thing now. This is what's gonna get us sued. Yeah. <laughs> he meant uh, Collider. This... Uh, K A H L.
0: <laughs> we should
1: start Collider <laughs> ne- next week. Uh, if we make a deal now, we're a subsidiary of Collider. <laughs> 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 anyways uh my best thing is going to be the last act actually i think that entire set piece Whoa. of um uh john wick and uh is it sharon is that how they pronounce Lance I, I believe they do say sharon, in sharon? It, yeah okay uh the two of them and a bunch of continental employees that gun down get gunned down really fast um them just having to play castle defense in the Continental is just really, really fun. And I just adore that as a set piece. And I I think it that is one of the, the spots where I, I kind of feared that it could get very tiresome because it's just, okay, John's just shooting at the same guys that just have body armor. But I think the fact that he can only kill them with like headshots, like he has to directly stick mm-hmm. a gun in their face. So there's just these britain speaking of the comedy there's just these wonderful long takes where john's just continually like jumping back and forth and he's just knocking guys down with the bullets like Mm -hmm. they're not actually dying so they keep getting up and then he has to like run over and quickly get one in the face and then go on to the other one like it's it's just so so fun and then eventually they go and they're like all right we got got to break out the shotguns we need armor piercing rounds and it's it's wonderful and yeah, then, of and course, then suddenly get, they're yeah blown off chunks yeah. of people's heads. <laughs> yeah. And then John, of course, goes into the executive office and fights Mark D- Dacascos and all of all of uh, his guys. And it's just it's everything's on fire. It's wonderful. I love it. Just give me more of this. I want a whole movie of this. I don't actually want a whole movie. That's just nothing but that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I think that is, like, the perfect culmination of everything that John Wick is about. And it's just, like, I've got, like, just a solid 45-minute little movie right there that is just... I think it's, like, the best action movie ever. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably going to be my best thing. Um, the worst thing, I think... It might seem a little weird coming out after my best thing. Um, I do feel... One thing I wanted to note, because we talked about in the last one how both of you kind of um, uh, stated that you guys were concerned about the length of some of the action sequences. You felt like some of it was getting a little bit long, and I, I was—I didn't feel that in the last one. I started to feel that a little bit in this one, um, particularly the Morocco sequence when they're trying to escape, and it felt like it was just one take after another of, Howie Berry runs into a room, shoots a bunch of bunch of guys whistles. One of the dogs kills someone. And then they just do that over and over again, like 15 times. Um, so that felt just a little too long. It felt like every time they're like, the choreography is really good. We can't yeah. cut any of it. <laughs> I'm like, I I understand, yeah. but you know, um, and I feel like the same thing. Um, it's not the direct fight with Mark Dacascos. It's, the fight before with his two guys. Yeah. From the raid. Cause John already has to fight a couple of guys before that. Correct. I think so. And that's when he's getting kicked around and he keeps hitting the, uh, mm-hmm. the glass. Um, yeah. You know, the things with all the skulls in them. Yes. Um, which is also very comedic cause he just gets kicked into one and then the other, and then the other. Um, but he fights those two guys and they're like, Oh, this is John wick. He's getting a little slow, but you know, we respect him. We'll help him up. It's a fair fight. And there's a wonderful moment where they he's on the ground, and they're just kind of standing there, and he just throws his hands up like, yeah. I'll get up in a second. <laughs>
0: um, and then speaking, I do want to say, yeah. while we're talking about good things in the middle of your worst thing, um, yeah. It, it, speaking of him using anything as a tool, he changes it up by pulling his belt off. Yes, which is a wonderful
1: setup and payoff, because earlier in the movie, when he goes um, to see Angelica Houston, they ask him to turn in his belt along with everything else they thought about it um but yeah i feel like just the way that scene cuts once he takes out those two guys and he starts walking back up the stairs to confront mark DeCostos, it's like we're literally at the same point that we were before that scene yep. started like sure. uh it's a really cool fight scene i probably could have been cut i don't know Um, And I I did start to feel that a little bit. Um, I think every action scene is really fresh and unique. And he rides a horse fighting guys on motorcycles. I can't stress this enough. Yeah, Uh, so good.
0: He also rides a motorcycle fighting guys on motorcycles. Yeah, he
1: does. Yes, he does so much of that. Uh Uh, But I, I just think this... This is what I want from action movies. Like just this amount of thought, this level of care, this level of inventiveness with literally every single set piece. Um, and like I said, I think this is just, it, it's a—it's just a really nice follow through from the last two movies. It feels like everyone making these movies has been building to this. Like they've been developing their craft. They've been, they're getting comfortable with the material and it just all syncs up together really, really well. Um, I, I stated before, I think we were talking about the first one, like, the John Wick movie if i'm ever in the mood for John Wick and i decide to to put one on it's always this one this is my favorite of the 3 so
2: one of the things that i noticed watching this movie and i feel this way about all 3 of them maybe slightly less so in the first one but probably not even then is that so okay really actually i'll i will i will limit this to 2 and 3 because one was kind of a surprise hit You know, it was was kind of a sleeper hit. And after, so then two and three were obviously higher profile movies with bigger budgets. And they started getting like these cool appearances. But I feel like so often when movies, whether they're franchises or not, they get like a cameo or they get a big name. They get some, oh my God, I can't believe we got so-and-so. They kind of stop there with it. They kind of go, we got them isn't that cool and they never really if it's a comedy they don't have really any good jokes it's just the joke is mm-hmm. that they got them if it's an action movie or something it's like isn't it cool that we got them it doesn't really like a kind of alex like what you were saying about the expendables movies yeah. it's just kind of like isn't it cool that they're in the movie <laughs> as opposed yeah. to really something invented this movie has particularly so many of those uh those moments like Mark Dacascos is a a longtime action performer, stuntman, Agents of Shield, Double Dragon, which I love. He's like just one of these guys, died in the wall action performer, and so to get Mark Dacascos for John Wick is a pretty pretty big deal. And one at least one of his guys was in the Raid movies, mm, which is yeah. like a huge deal. <laughs> and not to you know give into being the internet here, but. There were a few cameos from actors in the raid in Force Awakens and they were literally just like, Hey, that's who the guy they're the guys from the raid. Uh. And that was it. <laughs> like, they're the evil smugglers on the Falcon with the big tentacle thing. Right. Uh. And it's like, that's kinda cute, but you didn't really do anything. Now, yeah. I I like the Force Awakens. But I feel like a lot of movies will do that. And this movie went, Oh, hey, we got one of the guys from the raid. Let's really utilize that. We got Mark Tekostos. Let's give him some really cool fight scenes and he gets some good jokes oh we got Halle Berry well let's give her some amazing fight choreography that she's really good at and show people that she is actually a great action performer and like she totally she's so good in this I really enjoyed her and even if it's just down to people who are in one scene like Jerome Flynn he's still a lot of fun in it they like give him a monologue and let him act it doesn't feel like anybody came in here to just be a familiar face and then wave goodbye and get a paycheck like Lawrence Fishburne is yeah. a part of the movie and yeah. Ian McShane is a part of the movie um it, it never really felt like they were just kind of resting on that so I'm, I'm repeating myself now all this to say apparently Donnie Yen is in the fourth one so I'll just go oh. ahead and ascend like I can't even yeah my, my brain can't a, fathom what that's gonna look, be like
1: Britain after the, this movie there was only one way they could escalate it more <laughs> I mean <laughs> Hey
2: Daniel Craig's free now I'm just saying <laughs> but That's something that I like I, I like when I look at a cast list And go oh my gosh they have all of these Cool people and then I get To feel like I actually saw those people Be in a movie and do something cool I feel like that doesn't happen as often as As we would like Yeah,
0: <clears throat> That's definitely a like I think most of the time that I heard oh Donnie Is going to be in this movie it's like Cool I'll probably get to do some cool stuff. But when I hear Donnie Inns and a John Wick movie, I'm like, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, so he's going to be in a John Tell Wick movie. Tell me more. Yeah.
0: I would like to see it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just, it's, I mean, as obviously I'm a big actor nerd, but still it, it I don't know. It doesn't feel like stunt casting. It feels like characters in a movie. Like Angelica Houston got more to do in this movie than so many other movies would have given her to do. And it still didn't feel it didn't feel overstuffed. Um, actually, all the stuff with the, that ballet school was pretty neat. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of really impressive ballet dancing, which I also liked. That Stelski went, hey, there's also this other form of athletic performance that is incredibly difficult and taxing, and I will showcase these dancers in a really cool way, and then. <laughs> Like the shinobi are just like killing people and they just walk out in the middle of the performance and the ballet dancers are like, uh, we're gonna keep doing our thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I I really like that approach and and the like I said, I, I think the world building in this is just really, really fun and it has been the whole time, but they do a basically they do a John Wick prequel without having to do a John Wick prequel. Hmm by having him retrace his steps and go to the place where he grew up. And there's that wonderful line where there's a bunch of boys that are, uh, you know, everyone living there is an orphan and they're being trained in, in wrestling and combat. And Angelica Houston says something like, Oh, does this bring back pleasant memories or something like that. And so it's like, okay, I can imagine what John growing up in this environment, what that must've been like. Um, I, I love seeing all that stuff. And it just, it, it helps it helps build the world, and it's like, oh, I guess, you know, maybe they, they're they all going to grow up to become master assassins. I don't know, but it's just really neat. And, uh, yeah, I, I think everything with the all, all this, the ballerina stuff, I think, is just – I don't know. It's just a really interesting element. Like you just don't see something like that, and, and the focus that they give to it yeah. is just not something you see in action movies. Right. Right.
2: One about 10 movies, he'll come back and destroy it, but the ballet school will be in the sky. um, And he'll blow it up, and it'll look a little funky, but hey, at least it happened.
1: Because in this movie, they deleted that scene where he was monologuing to Mark Ruffalo about it. (laughs) I was going to say, Florence Pugh will will show up just for one scene, and that's to stick a a, a staff into a a terrible uh, CGI engine and then just blow up backwards, and then you'll never see her again or
2: to do that same thing but stick it into somebody's head like John Wick does with a sword.
0: <laughs> no. No.
2: Yeah. Such good stuff. But yeah, there is like a surprisingly good amount of character work uh in this movie and I was I was really impressed. So we're introduced to a character called the adjudicator uh Asya Kate Dillon. Yeah. And they're like I guess uh, uh, a part, they guess they, they, they work with the high table and they're just supposed to come down yeah. and say, yeah, they're like the liaison, I guess for the high table. Yeah. And I, f- I remember watching being like, I feel like I should be more bored by this. Cause this is all just plot mechanic stuff. And I just want to get to the fight scenes, but I'm not, I'm actually pretty engaged. This is interesting. The world building in this is interesting. And I, I haven't seen I Kate Dillon in other stuff. I know they were on like Billions and Orange is the New Black, which I, neither of which I've watched. Um, I thought they were fine in this. I liked their scenes and they're also, you know, having scenes with like Ian McShane and (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne, like these incredible powerhouses. Um, But like those, I don't know. it, It felt like in a lot of genre movies, those are the scenes that slow everything down. But I think in this movie, they went like, these action sequences are so intense, we need to back off. We need to take a breather. And because they managed to do the world building well, and the plot was actually pretty well constructed, I was like, no, cool. Yeah, this is fun. This is Mm -hmm. interesting.
1: I think also the the presence of the adjudicator allows you to revisit the second movie and give you a summary for what happened in the second movie without having to show flashbacks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I I think this movie it steers in all the right directions in terms of just exposition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It takes all the right paths with that. (laughs) Like I'm just imagining the, the worst version of this movie. That's half of its flashbacks. Yeah. It opens up with Winston I think
0: it's called uh, F9. I,
1: I had that in my brain. So thank you for JW nine. Yeah. I I didn't hate that movie, but
0: (laughs) man, yeah.
2: It opens up with Winston being like, "So you want to hear a story?" (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that Lance Reddick got in on the action this time around. He got to do some fighting. Yeah, Um, maybe my favorite thing he does in the movie is still when the dog rides in the taxi cab (laughs) to uh the Continental, and he just like waves him in. That was really great because they bonded. But uh. Yeah, I really liked seeing him get a, get in the scrapes.
1: Get to use a big old shotgun. I did think it was a, it was a little uh plot armory, I guess, that literally every other continental employee gets killed right. except for him. Like the, I think the second time where John and him come back to the vault, I was just like there's only two of you left. <laughs> Well, because there's a
2: bit where there's, like, this hail of bullets coming at them. Because there's actually this really neat shot where they are all fighting, firing on one of the bad guys. And then you see, because they've got these, like, flashlights in their helmets. And then two more come behind him. Yeah. And they just start mowing down the Continental, or the the Continental guys. And, yeah, Lance Reddick, who's a very tall, very, like, spottable target. It's like, they're John Wick villains. And then every time they uh, pointed at him, they became stormtroopers. Like, it just completely... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Which again, I'm I would I would
1: rather that happen than lose uh, Lance Reddick. But if I had a whole movie of Lance Reddick just shooting bad guys with shotguns,
0: <laughs> maybe they'll uh, they'll there will be a vague reveal in the next one that he's like
1: one of the high table members. Mm. <laughs> and well, so it was all the uh, they're they're working on that that continental show, right? Maybe it's about him and they? how he becomes the concierge. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. I think so. Fascinating. Fascinating. I don't I with, don't know if it'll who? be any good without Where? Keanu Reeves being
2: in it, but you never know. Yeah. I think Mel Gibson's supposed to be in it. What? Or is That's involved tr- in it? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is happening?
2: But uh yeah, or maybe uh it'll be revealed that he has like an online network of people like posting and sharing information and it's called Reddick. I like it. Thanks. Pretty good joke. Bit of a, <laughs> think. Bit of a thinker. <laughs> Took me a second, but <laughs>
1: it was great.
0: I'm not seeing what the show stars, I guess, maybe.
2: I think stars is doing it, yes.
0: Stars. Okay. I don't. So it may not exist that. However, <laughs> it's true. However, uh, I did find information about it on the John wiki. Which is apparently a thing. <laughs> I love so, that. Loving that. We need to really spotlight the wiki for every one of the franchises that we do on this. I need. To, I need to make a point of that. That's a good idea. I really do.
2: It's time for our Wikipedia Wikipedia mini Wikipedia
0: spotlight,
2: which I guess we've already done in our Kit Fisto episode. <laughs> sure. Um, AKA Puss and boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the book fight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wondered, Tyler, if this was the moment you meant, because he does fight a tall man, not the tall man from Big Fish, which is who I thought he was for a minute. Um, He fights a man, and they're using a knife, and they're fighting in a library. Now, I work in a library, so I was very nervous, but I was really
1: impressed. (laughs) No books fell off the shelves. Spotless. They did get that He did get that one book very bloody and he didn't clean
0: it. I don't know about spotless. No,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: He, he knocks
2: into some bookshelves, but all the books stay on there. And I'm like, first of all, whoever shelved that really knew how to, how many books, you know, if you put too many books on a shelf, you squeeze them too tight and that can mess up the binding and it's hard to pull them out and you end up like ripping the the spine a little bit. But so you got it. You want to have enough that you got a nice firm. Each book has like a firm hug on the other one. But you don't want them too tight because of all the stuff I just said. But if it's too loose, then they're flopping and flailing around. And it's like, how can I read Bridge to Terabithia like this? I'm not an animal. Um, and then you're throwing books. Don't Who throws a book? Not John Wick. He uses a book to smash a man in the face many times, force it into his mouth, knock, <laughs> knock his head against a shelf. And then while the man is disoriented, I guess the he uses the book as a sort of fulcrum. Yeah. Lays the man's neck on it And then smashes his head So it breaks his neck Oh it's so um, Artistic
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> He, It, it really, really was Philip Rath if I may Point a phrase <laughs>
0: uh, I I wanna I feel like we should set the scene for that though Because there is a genuinely good Again bit of world building mm-hmm. Where John Wick comes in and is like Hey I want to find this book. And he like gives a very specific thing and she like tells him where to go and he finds it. Um, And it turns out to be a book that he has like carved out. It's like a Russian folktale book and he's carved it out and put in some valuables and trinkets. Like he's got his cross uh, that he uses his, his ticket to use with the the Russian uh, criminal underground society um
1: it's it's his it's uh a... inventory set for this level i mean movie yes
0: uh it's it's got a photo of him and his uh wife and everything um which i like a lot i will say i don't know if i understand how that book hasn't been opened before
1: sure <laughs> but <laughs> i mean if they're... the idea is that it's supposed to be just an old book that nobody checks out
0: yeah Maybe he, maybe he found the mo- the least checked out book <laughs> in the librarian happened to be Russian. Or maybe so like, he brought
1: it there. Maybe it's not actually part of their collection. Oh, yeah, true. it's so not, they, in, the, not true. in the system. Yeah, so they wouldn't know. No. Well, no,
2: because the librarian gives them the number for it. Oh,
0: that's true. Is it specifically for the book? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. What if he comes and he's plot. like, Russian
2: folklore. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets like the full title and what year it came out and everything. And I was like, I wish patrons gave us that much detail. <laughs> I do a lot of like, so there's a mouse in it. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Libraries are fun. Just give them, them Redwall every time. Oh, I should um, do. <laughs> probably not appropriate for some younger children, because those books get really, they violent, really much they like John Wick. Very violent. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the book fight is, is incredible. And I love that he's fighting this guy who's apparently named Ernest. Uh, and Ernest is like, hey man, your time's almost up. No one's going to know if I kill you now. <laughs> and John Wick's like, don't. Don't do it. Why, why do what do you expect to gain from this? Like, what? There's a cool back and forth, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. real undertone is like, dude, we're like Timmonson in the movie. You got no shot. Like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> um, and uh it doesn't for Ernest, and yeah it's a great fight it
2: is i I almost messaged you guys um but it was late and i know y'all like to get your beauty sleep that we are it is less than 20 minutes into the movie when he has a horse (laughs) like (laughs) it is
1: so quick in this movie um i mean yeah the way The way just that opening setup just bounces back and forth because you have the book fight, you have the horse chase with the motorcycles, yeah. he's he's running away, he's he's in this like weird museum armory thing, and he's trying yes. to hastily put together a, a revolver that can fit the particular types of uh, ammunition he's got available. That was awesome, yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah, it was that I've really, really liked. Um I thought it was kind of annoying that he only it's it's just one kill that he gets with that gun. Sure. And I'm like, so you wasted how much time instead of just running or grabbing something that... Okay, if you found a pen, you could clearly have taken them <laughs> out faster. <laughs> I do like that we get one like... <laughs> like when he fires it, we get
2: an Old West sound effect, yeah. which is pretty great.
1: Well, yeah. even the score kicks in is, is yeah. very kind of Western tinged to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was really...
2: I was impressed at how like constantly cutting back to the the headquarters where you have all the tattooed uh, madman extras mm-hmm. saying like excommunicado in ten minutes like that really added one yeah. of those people a guy who they hand the stuff uh-huh. to at one point is Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham yeah <laughs> and I was like what's up also from The Walking Dead <laughs> um but now Tyler all of the the revolver and all that led to a fight scene that I. I think you should talk about which is of course the knife fight
0: yeah and it's i remember watching this in the theater and being like completely transfixed by it Mm -hmm. and then that was like the main thing i remembered about this i mean i remembered pretty much the rest of it as well but that was like the thing that stuck out to me when i thought of john wick 3 and then like over time i was kind of like that's probably you know the, the action's good in these movies it probably wasn't like as transcendent as I expected it to be, but it totally was a yeah. second time. Like it, it was, a, it was just as like, Oh my gosh, this is incredible because it, it's, it's got the effect of we've, I think we've probably talked about it the last couple of weeks at some point. Um, like the, uh, daredevil series, mm-hmm. um, the daredevil Netflix series. The daredevil. There's not many that do it quite like this, where the, action is, is about the fact that these are people who physically have to perform the actions. Right. And are going to get exhausted as they work through these, these, this choreography. Um, but in this case, they've all got knives and they're all just smashing knives out of these, uh, various displays that are standing around them and chucking them at each other. Uh, and so of course, uh, John Wick is, is just being brutal with them, uh, flinging them at people's heads and such uh there's there's tons of guys coming in from both like corners of this long hallway that he keeps just like having to turn around and, and then manage both like wherever these guys are and wherever they end up he has to know exactly where they are so that he can like turn around and stab one of them and then be know that he hasn't killed one of them so he has to turn around and be ready for the other guy um it, it really cannot be described yeah. it just has to be watched like it's it's just <laughs> this incredible uh impossible to look away from sequence of uh like i don't know how they planned it well
2: yeah there's this great moment where like john is early on in the fight he hit him and one of the guys they're like fist fighting and then they both realize they have their back against like a weapon cabinet and they kind of look at each other and then like turn around and like mm -hmm. hit the thing and get or knock the glass open with their elbow and then start fighting it's great It's a little moment of like, all right, I guess we're doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it ends perfectly with one guy just sitting there. He's clearly not going anywhere. But John picks up an axe and just throws it at his head. (laughs) From across the room. Yeah. Uh. I do like how, almost with every set piece... John gets hurt he gets banged up in a way that he hasn't I mean he does get injured in the previous films but this was like to the extreme and it felt like in every scene in order to get something that he wanted he had to experience pain or sacrifice something like um you know when he goes to Angelica Houston he's like I have my ticket um and she's like all right I'll tear it if you really want me to and then they they have to you know get him Mm -hmm. with the uh uh mark I him yeah, yeah, they burn him on his back in the middle of all those tattoos. Um, and then, you know, he has to cut off his his uh, finger that with his wedding ring on it and he has to <laughs> give it to the, the elder. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, that all felt. that That's the kind of stuff that I look for. I, I know I, I go on and on about this, but like if if your hero is going to be the invincible, like unkillable uh, protagonist that john wick is going to be having those moments where it's like oh he is a human he does get hurt he gets banged up he has to sacrifice things in order to win um that kind of stuff just always gets me that you, you always get brownie points from me for that yeah
0: yeah and i i i also love the when he i i guess it's after the fight in the library where he goes to the doctor right before his time is up. Yes. Um. Because he got stabbed, I think, during the fight at the library. Um, and then he uh is getting the doctor to stitch him up, and the doctor has to stop because his time go- goes up, and then he has to like finish the job and find the medicine, and then the doctor's like, "You gotta shoot me so that they don't think I just like willing willingly helped you." And the doctor like points where he has to shoot him. Um, and it's not like a. I feel like that would be easy for it to, in any other movie for if they did a scene like that for him to just be like, okay. And he shoots him and the doctor's yeah. like, Oh, and then, but in this one, he like is seriously in pain clearly, yeah. but he knows he has to like go through that. Like even this random side character has to deal with this. Um, And he like stumbles back into the, his operating chair. And then he's like, all right, you got to hit me one more in the over here to try not to hit my collarbone. And, he uh, shoots him again. It's 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 really good stuff that is very aware of the human body <laughs> and the limitations of the human body, uh, and and that just kind of permeates the entire movie and yeah. all of these movies.
2: I was weirdly like upset when he had to cut his finger off. I was, I mean, obviously it's like a physically upsetting thing, but I, for some reason I was like, no, he's not gonna have that anymore. <laughs> Like for some reason, I just got really worried about him not having his, his left ring finger, but I just care about John and his typing.
1: Yeah. I I did think it was funny how the elder is, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? It's Saeed Tag, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, he, he's an actor that we've come across at least once before. I've come across him a couple of times. He's, uh, he's in wonder woman. Um, one, one of the, uh, kind of a small band of brothers that, mm. that she forms. Um, he's good in that. And then he's also in GI Joe, the rise of Cobra, which we will <laughs> watch go. eventually. <laughs> there are three of them. There are three of them. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I, I think he's, he's quite good as the elder. It, yeah. it is. It's a weird choice. That whole section where they're just, you know, bronze giving the direction of like, Oh, you need to go and wander out into the desert and, keep walking until you're dead. And then maybe the elder will come find yeah. you if he wants to see you. And I'm like, none of this really makes sense. I don't, I don't quite get it, but I think there's a certain level of, of kind of zaniness that this movie is going for, particularly in terms of like mythologizing John. Um, and the way that everyone treats him, like all the assassins are like, Oh, we're big fans of you. Like Mark Dacascos in every scene, he's like, I am the biggest fan of you, John. <laughs> and he's like that wonderful scene where John is just sitting down in the continental on the couch and Mark DeCasco <laughs> yeah. sits right down next to him. And then John mm-hmm. just gets up and moves to a, a, a chair. Um, but I, I, think just kind of having kind of that, that crazy element of just, I, for some reason that, that, that kind of stuck with me. of just like, you have to just wander in the desert until you find your next plot point um but if it is supposed to be kind of a you know crazier and and you know obviously the elder just kind of being a hermit i guess out in the middle of the desert it's just it's all very weird but i kind of liked it yeah i definitely because they kept talking up the elder and i was like oh i wonder who
2: they're gonna get to play the elder oh, i guess this is i wonder who they're gonna get and then i recognized him but it wasn't like a big huge name yeah so there's a I guess I felt a little anticlimactic, but ultimately, what I came back to was like, I like how these movies are, like, regionally accurate. You know, sure, yeah, that they're like, we're not going. I mean, obviously, they don't put anyone in brownface or anything, but that they don't like. You didn't just, want. You didn't want Brad Pitt playing the elder. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have hated, it, but it's like, <laughs> it's like I talked about in the last movie how the Italian. I want
0: Brad Pitt as. His character from a glorious bastard <laughs> playing the <elder. laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. Solid. John John cuts off the ring and hands it to him, his hand is shaking. Brad Pitt is Good enough. And <laughs> he just <laughs> walks away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the entire set piece is still the same. They're still in right. yeah. tents in the middle of the desert. There's other the everyone else is is uh, African or Middle Eastern ethnicity, but it's just Brad Pitt. Just there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like i liked how in the last movie all the italian members of that family were italian actors they got like so i like that they did that ultimately i think it it works better than if they had just gotten someone that makes you go oh and that was where they stopped Mm -hmm. because again they 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 put a little more care into the casting and the the character work they give people to do in these movies which is one of the reasons they're great
1: yeah i mean if nothing else it just keeps it fresh yeah, in terms of sure. just the the folks that they get, like Jason Mantzoukas is, is yeah shows up Whoa. as I guess Lawrence Fishburne's new right hand man. Yeah, and, and it's just like what a weird like I I remember watching him in the league and he is like the like he's supposed to be the worst character yeah. in that show. So it's just it, a very strange no, seeing it's, him in this.
2: Similar to I've been re- I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine and like Adrian Pimento mm-hmm. on that show. He's just ridiculous, but I but I really like that they didn't. Then give him a bunch of, like, forced jokes and one-liners and, like, okay, so do this scene. And now, Jason, maybe ad-lib something funny. Yeah. You know, like, he does, they don't have, like, Lawrence Fisher to say something cool and then Jason Mantoukas goes, I've got goosebumps. Does anyone else have goosebumps? Do you? Oh, oh, we're being serious right now. Like, they didn't try um to force the comedy.
0: He has some hubris reactions, yes. I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it feels in line with the rest the way the rest of the movie is yeah. like letting itself be funny.
1: Yeah. As opposed to just like why are we why are we doing <laughs> So Britain, what you're trying to say is the elder should have been Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> Um, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. <laughs> I look forward to him getting to play a character.
0: <laughs> Hot takes. Hot Did takes. something happen to Earl from the last movie? Did I miss that? I think his name was Earl. The guy that, like, takes yeah. John Wick I don't know, actually. back to New York. Because he seemed to be his, like, right-hand guy. Maybe yeah. it's just a different guy. I don't know.
1: but I mean, I, he probably just has, like, different people helping him, and this just happens yeah. to be, maybe it's a different area of the city, or I don't who knows. um, But, I mean, once the adjudicator... And uh, Mark Dacascos' guys all show up and they're just axing people left and right. I mean, he he, <laughs> he probably died. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Oh, Earl, going to hang out with me and the
2: dying girl. I, yeah, I, I liked uh, the end of this movie where Lawrence Fishburne is still alive. Lawrence Fishburne, who did not die, but instead has some, like, cool scars all stitched up and gives us a great monologue about how he's angry John are you angry and he's just uh, like Lawrence Fishburne is clearly having so much fun and I
1: like that the the last line that we're left with is just like the perfect level of like self-awareness and like yeah. we know exactly what we're making but also like i'm genuinely excited this mm-hmm. got me hyped yeah yeah. For <laughs> it's sure. just it's just keanu reeves his face is all bloodied and everything because he felt like 10 stories or whatever mm-hmm. he just looks up yeah <laughs> <laughs> cuts to black it's great
2: it's awesome yeah and i like that you know they're like oh yeah uh john he totally died uh-huh for sure and then you see the dog walking away I also noticed, I don't know if this was intentional or not, the dog is running down the alley, and while the dog is running to go find John, who is alive, the reflection of a traffic light turns green. As in, go. Because John can still go. (laughs) It may have just been coincidence, but I know it was cool. It's
1: entirely possible. Uh, I I did... find some interesting kind of matrix parallels that were starting to crop up. Uh the the ma- the major one being <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne basically tells Keanu Reeves to lead a revolution <laughs> against <laughs> yeah. the system. Sure. Um it's I I I don't know, that was really neat. And of course, uh John has the line guns, lots of guns. I was like, okay, I'm glad they waited until the third movie to have, like, an on-the-nose Matrix reference like that. Yeah. I appreciate—they they waited till the exact right moment, because at that, that point, it's like you have more than earned it. And that it's still not the obvious, obvious reference, where he, yeah, like, puts yeah.
2: on some sunglasses or says, I know Kung Fu or whatever.
1: Or he puts on—or he tries to put on sunglasses, right, and then he goes, right. you know what? Maybe this isn't a good idea, and then he just puts them back down. He says, guns, lots of, no,
0: no, you know what? Let's go for bows and arrows.
1: Can <laughs> we do that? Okay, now we've got the opening sequence of John Wick 4. I'm,
0: I'm assuming they'll get there at some point. Yeah. I, I would like I would like them to just start checking off, like, bows and arrows, slings, flails. Yeah. No. Flamethrower. <laughs> uh, the Ghost Rider chains. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh. The puzzle box from Hellraiser. The puzzle box from <laughs>
0: The ultimate nullifier from Marvel Comics The moon Um, The moon uh, I was going to say something in the middle Oh yeah, we haven't actually talked about Why John almost ends up dead Which is that at the very end of the movie um, After he got sent on his quest by the Elder to kill Winston He was like, actually Winston, I'm not going to kill you Uh, And then they kill off a bunch of guys And Winston's like all right adjudicator have we earned a parlay and they're like all right fine so they all do a parlay uh and then uh john wick shows up after murdering what's his name again
1: mark DeCascos? yeah yeah um i i rotten tomato says his name was zero in the movie i don't <laughs> think they ever actually sure. said it sounds good
0: um but he shows up, and he's like, hey, what are we doing? And then Winston's like, I'm killing you. And then he uh, shoots him multiple times so that he goes stumbling off the edge of the... Well, he actually shoots him multiple times, and then John Wick's like, I gotta I gotta dive to try to save myself. And then yeah. he, he
1: has a really brutal yeah. fall.
0: <laughs> um, and it's pretty good.
1: Compare it's that like... fall to anything that happens in Black Widow. Just that fall. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's ludicrous that he survives that, yeah. but just compare it.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking is like. It's not really believable that he could survive something like that. But I think they found a way to make it just close. Yeah, enough yeah, yeah. That it works because he like hits a awning. He hits a fire escape um, and he never hits it like with his head. Really, it's it's just like torso. Yeah. Um, and and then he smacks on the ground after that. And it's it's not like a skyscraper it's many stories but it's not
1: and also it's it's a little unclear about if hit the suit he's wearing is like the the body armor suit or something similar to what he was wearing in part two because that's supposed to be like okay the the suit is actively protecting him from bullets and stuff
2: yeah because you do see because he gets hit by a couple of bullets yeah and you see like sparks instead of obviously blood okay so maybe he does have it then yeah i think so okay at least that's how I read. Um,
0: but yeah, then then we end with the adjudicator being like, "Hey, Winston, should probably make sure he's dead because uh, if not, that's a problem." Yeah. Um, I which I is fun I I, I, really, I really like, like how like...
1: that's that's the one moment where the adjudicator breaks, and they're mm-hmm. saying, basically the whole time the adjudicator's been very like by the book and and about business and it hasn't been personal. But then at the end they go. Do you realize what's going to happen to the both of us if John Wick is alive? Like, we're dead. Yeah. yeah. I like how that's the moment where, where they kind of break. And and not even in an extreme way, but it's just like a very subtle, like, with a single yeah. line of dialogue. Yeah. There's also a part where
2: um, Vegeta here says, we are the high table. And Ian McShane says, and we are New York City. And that was the energy Godzilla 98 needed. And also every Spider-Man, <laughs> Ian McShane. Most... Ian McShane for Doctor Octopus, 2022. Let's let's get it going.
0: <laughs> Several Spider-Mans have had that energy. I would say. No,
2: I that, that's true. That's true. But
0: but definitely Godzilla '98.
2: Yeah, and I do mean Ian McShane needed to briefly appear in the film. <laughs> Just, yes, like Godzilla roars and then Ian McShane like pops his head in going. And we are New York City, and then goes back,
1: goes away. I mean, you you say like a a small part. I think he should have just been the main character. Yeah, just, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but he's the exact same
2: role as Matthew Broderick. But now Ian McShane is to Topolus. I <laughs> study <of> worms, <laughs> and I can tell you
1: all about why they are—they're all electric and weird in the dirt. Don't 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 make. Uh, let, let's not make Ian McShane have to re- reply to countless jokes of people mispronouncing Totopolis. I just, my heart, yeah. my heart can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that movie. <laughs> uh, he's. Crap.
0: What did we do before that movie? Because I feel like that like reset the slate on the last set of <laughs> movies we've done.
2: I, li- I know that what you meant was what movie did we review, but I like the idea of you going, what was life before Godzilla? What, what did we even yeah. do before we knew that?
1: Remember when we saw no. sunlight
0: and trees? You are,
1: like, it was a turning point for us. It was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, that That's was... Right. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> that is, that is really, like, season whatever, <laughs> episode one.
1: We're, we're in, like, on we're in, like, season six now. We got, it, we got a feel. new showrunner.
0: Essentially, reinvented ourselves. That's fascinating. I, that's right, because we did New Mutants and then the Snyder Trilogy. Yeah, that's fascinating.
2: Didn't break us though. Halloween did. (laughs) Broke me anyway. (laughs) The worst is yet to come. Jeez. I gave the last film an A, correct,
1: Alex? Correct. I will give this one an A as well. I think I'm also gonna go A. I can't quite go A plus because I do I think somewhere in the editing there is an A plus movie there, but it's just like maybe ten minutes. Yeah. Just ten minutes. And I feel like that the second one, I loved the cinematography so much. I
2: thought it was such a beautiful looking movie. This movie doesn't hit those heights but it also ramps up the action so much that it's like, that's fine. This is not an ugly movie by any means. It's just like, that's a win in the chapter two column. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say a minus for kind of the same reason. I just think there's a little bit more tweaking that needs to be done, but I think that there's, there's a version of this that is very tight and very good.
2: Yeah, it's, it. I'm glad we finally got to this trilogy. I, cause I'd only seen the first one previous and I, always knew that i would like two and three and i totally did and i think that uh yeah it was it was what we needed a good consistent
1: franchise yeah um yeah it's it's just really weird because like it it went by way too fast
2: (laughs) we are getting a fourth one next year so we do have we do have some wick on the horizon
1: there's a lot of crap we'll be talking about before then i'm sure (laughs)
2: yeah maybe i don't know
0: i feel like we've gotten through the one the movies from the past year that i'm like least excited or i was least excited to talk about that's true yeah i think we've kind of lined up a good i think next time we do some catch-up movies uh i think we've lined up a good set here um because you'll have like venom 2
2: (laughs) yeah which i'm going to watch without watching the first venom movie (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Mm mm-hmm going cold got like Venom 2, you've got the sequel to Venom, mm-hmm. you've got Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh you've got, got the new Venom you movie got, directed by Andy Serkis. You got you've got the,
1: Carnage Let There Be Venom. Yeah.
2: You've got uh-huh. the prequel to Venom 3. Yeah. Uh which that'll be yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. And the source material for the Venom Let There Be Carnage video game <laughs> available now on PS2. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slash novelization was ahead of its time. written by somebody way too overqualified like Peter David or something? <laughs> Dean Koontz? What? Yeah, Denny uh, O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> I need that.
0: Denny <laughs> <laughs> O'Neill would do it too. <laughs> Where's that these days?
1: I hate to say it. Um. Mm. Uh, Turns out Stan Lee's last job was writing the novelization (laughs) for Venom 2.
0: Feels right. Um, Oh, (laughs) Denny O'Neill passed away. When did that happen? That's sad. He passed away last year. Venom 2 cannot hurt him. (laughs) But it can hurt us. Britton, what is your
1: recommendation (laughs) this week?
2: Uh, My recommendation, so I actually just squeezed it in this morning Well, I started it uh, Sunday night and finished it this morning, and that is the new film, The Power of the Dog.
1: You said uh, new
2: and M, and I got
1: very concerned.
2: It's the new—yeah, Alex, you didn't hear? They they, uh, released all the casting for the new Bond movie.
1: I I thought you were going to say I read the new Mutants novelization written by (laughs) Peter David. Oh, goodness. No, no.
2: I can't read— (laughs) <laughs> I, no, I watched The Power of the Dog. This is uh, the newest movie from Jane Campion, the uh, uh, very well-known, very well-respected filmmaker. It's uh, It's been picking up a lot of heat on the award circuit. It's on Netflix. Uh, got the exclusive on there, probably in theaters too. Um, anyway, yeah, I believe it's based in a book by Annie Proulx, maybe? I can't remember. But um, it is about, it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, as this uh, really just mean bully of a rancher uh, in Montana in 1925, I believe. And he runs this ranch uh, with his brother, played by Jesse Plemons. And he's he's just a, Cumberbatch is just a jerk. And he, uh, things just kind of get worse when Jesse Plemons gets married and brings his wife, Kirsten Dunst, back to their ranch and then her son cody smith mcphee comes to visit and there, it's it's a movie that is a lot about the social dynamics between these characters and the sort of lives of these three these four very different people where you have these like three different types of men in cumberbatch Clemens and uh smith mcphee uh, Smith mcphee is very much a sensitive more artistic type he's studying to be a surgeon he makes paper flowers and Cumberbatch immediately starts picking on him and teasing him and but the relationship that they form is really interesting and and it's a, it most of the movies are sort of watching these characters interact but the plot starts to sort of unfold through their behavior and then it actually ends up doing some things i wasn't expecting it the the sort of resolution of everything at the end in the last third of the movie i found actually surprising compared to what i guess i might have been expecting to happen um it's a beautiful looking movie it's it's this i think they shot it in new zealand for montana so it's this beautiful landscape um the music is really wonderful johnny greenwood composed it it might be my favorite score of the year so far it's a really beautiful score um and all the performances are wonderful. I mean, obviously, you've got these four great actors, plus a small but delightful performance from Thomason McKenzie, friend of the podcast. We all love her. Uh, this might be... I think it's certainly one of Cumberbatch's best performances. Um, and it's a performance that is weirdly asynchronous, and that almost makes it better. Because he's. we all know he's British. And he kind of... he his, his accent works, but there are several points where I was like, if this were a... I don't know like a a Chris Cooper type, maybe they would really just sink into that scenery. And it would feel so like this feels like an actor playing a part, but that almost works because it makes you realize that he is doing really good acting. It, it, it doesn't feel like the, I can't buy uh, Dr. Strange as a rancher. It's, Oh, I can tell that this is not who you are and you're doing a good job at convincing me. Like it's a really good layered performance. Jesse Plemons is always good. Cody Smith McPhee does a great job. I do think it's my favorite performance I've seen from Kirsten Dunst, and I haven't seen a ton. So I guess I'm thinking about Small Soldiers and Jumanji, but which I always am. But uh, she's really, really wonderful in it. And if she gets her first Oscar nomination, it'll be well-deserved.
1: Uh, yeah. Alex? Uh, Britton and I are now going to do a spinoff podcast where we talk exclusively about Jumanji and Small Soldiers. <laughs> um, you can join us for that next week. <laughs> Both, I think... Both directed by Joe Dante Um,
2: or not. Whatever. Um, But yeah, Joe Johnston uh, did Jumanji. Okay, that's it. That's it. Um, But yeah, it is a cool movie that I I, it's it's a little slow. It's certainly cerebral, uh, but I'm glad I watched it. I, I don't know how I feel about it in terms of like favorites of the year or what have you, but I have no problem with it being an awards contender. I think it's a, it's a good time. And again, if you like any of those actors, it is a really good showcase for them. Um, so it's on Netflix and it's called the power of the dog. Alex, what's your recommendation?
1: I have four left episodes left of uh, Sopranos. I thought you were going to uh, say I have four things to recommend. <laughs> uh, all, right. all of them are no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh no Sopranos is really wonderful and I'm just kind of like speeding through to the end and it, it I am just coming across too many just actors that are really yeah er, it's early on in their careers uh like Lynn Minwell Miranda showed up for just like a line um and like it's just very I I know Lady Gaga she was doing the um house of gucci uh press stuff i think she was talking about like oh yeah i have a small part and this is like back in like seasons two or three oh, wow. and i'm like i know i didn't even notice her <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's just really really uh, it, i mean it is one of the best shows ever made like uh, you know if people are hyping it up um it, all, all the hype is is true it's it's real um and I do know what the ending is, so I'll be curious how it hits me if I end up feeling satisfied or, you know, because I know a lot of people were upset about it when it when it um, happened. Uh, so I, I think knowing it in advance in this case is probably going to help me in terms of like, OK, I can spot all the signs. I this was all leading to this like I, I it makes yeah. sense in hindsight. Um, but yeah, four episodes left. I'm, nice. I'm just speeding through. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that show, like, I know a lot of people were upset when it happened, but the fact that that show has held on, still it still has a lot of cultural capital now, like, I think people kind of got over it <laughs> with the ending, yeah. or like you said, everyone who discovered the show after the fact already knew that was coming, so therefore they were less upset. So, like, I also know, I don't know the story context, but I also know, like, basically how it ends, and yeah. I was, it feels weird, but it feels weird in a very chosen way, so I'm yeah. interested.
1: I, I saw some video like a couple of years ago, like breaking down thematically what that ending means. And mm. once I saw that and I kind of had that in my brain, I was like, OK, that that's that's genius. Sure. I, I really like that as an cool. approach. So it's awesome. Yeah. Tyler. Nothing. Uh... I mean, yeah, Except for health, the, new so the, new, the New Mutants novelization by Peter David. The New
0: Mutants novelization. Written by Will Eisner. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got a family. I I don't even have like. I don't even have like. Like I've done things with my free time. I don't even have like silly fun things to recommend like I normally do. It's just like I did have nachos tonight. I was about to say back on nachos as a recommendation.
1: But yeah, nice. Written by Will Eisner's ghostwriter Frank Miller. (laughs) i came
0: very close to watching some movie last night and then i was like i want to do other things and so that's what i did
2: mm, space jam a new legacy not time not time yet
0: like like not a specific movie but sure, like sure, sure. looking through like man i should watch a movie i got time you know i want to i want to check something out what what have i got in the old queue and then you know like, alex and i had
1: been talking about stuff and he had put christmas with the cranks in my ear it's that time of year <laughs> you know
2: i mean tell you you, know, you did go to the movie theater recently i know i understand if you don't want to talk about it yet but you did go to the movie theater oh
0: that's true have i not talked about eternals yet not for on the christmas podcast, with the cranks not. that was right <laughs> yeah i did go see christmas <laughs> with the cranks in the flashback. yeah it was an afi screening uh, yeah <laughs> um <laughs> No, I did see Eternals. That's true. That's very true. Um, and that was, that was good. I, I, I think I quite liked it. Uh, it's got a process for me some, sure. and, um, I'll have to revisit when we talk about it. Yeah. I usually don't try to recommend sure too hard or talk too much about things when I know we're going to get to them down the road, but I'm excited to talk about it when we get there. And I think nice. it's got some, um, some fun twists on what Marvel usually does. Uh, I think my my blurb to you that I'll leave the view the, the listeners with is it's the uh Zack Snyder's Justice League follow up that I didn't realize <laughs> I needed. So And I'll leave it there. And that intrigues me.
2: Uh so next week is going to be uh, our Christmas episode, but also the beginning of a new franchise. Can you mm-hmm. do you know what it is, gumshoes?
0: Is next week seriously our Christmas episode? Mm, that's
2: terrifying. Christmas is a week from Saturday, dude. Time goes faster as we get older.
0: Bah humbug. I
2: expe- <laughs> <laughs> a, a month in your life is a year to me. <laughs> um, or vice versa. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about our, our next franchise. It has uh, at least one installment has a lot of personal significance for me. Um, but you'll get to hear all about that next week. And Tyler, where the heck can they hear that
0: about it? I can hear it. And here come the sequels. The blogspot.com go to twitter at hct sequels you can email us at here the sequels at gmail.com we're on spotify uh soundcloud other places um <laughs> i wanted to maintain that noise for way longer than i did <laughs> um
1: alex's ipod nano it's on alex's there too ipod nano yeah <laughs>
0: he actually has our future episodes on there as well, yeah, like all of them.
2: it's like a whole multiverse thing,
1: yeah, look, there's an apocalyptic future scenario where future me was like, I have to save all these. And the only way he could download them and save them properly was on an iPod Nano. Don't ask me where he got it in the future. It's fine. It's and then you it's know the
0: scene it's the scene from Batman vs. Superman where the flash goes back in time and it's like save Lois, but it's just ipod nano <laughs> then he can't see the ipod nano yeah. cookie lady
2: <laughs> well it's, i i assumed it was like the scene in reign of fire where it's the apocalypse and the only thing that has survived is our podcast so people are telling <laughs> yeah. our episodes around the fire like ancient stories i mean that's also true once upon once there were they, these three they
0: misconstrue these- they misconstrue and think that we the movies we're talking about were all created by us right, but they're right. all like weird and out of order and jumbled <laughs> so it doesn't really make any sense
2: these three dunces one of whom lived beneath what we used to call the ocean <laughs> you mean the great sunken
1: desert yes once it was filled with water Future me just like as I start messing with the iPod Nano and future me goes, he starts wagging his finger at me like a rude person. He's like, no spoilers for future movies. Don't listen. (laughs) Glaring through your one human eye and your one cyborg eye. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I know you want to hear what we thought about Star Wars Episode 10, but don't do it. (laughs) It'll break the space time continuum.
2: (laughs) Uh, The future's scary um but not for this podcast it's gonna be a fun episode and i hope you guys will tune into it and it'll be christmas time that's always fun um here and here come the sequels but till we reach that day i've been britain i've been alex
0: i've been tyler and y'all have made me sign off this podcast like four weeks in a row um so so the two of you are not having a good night (laughs) i decree it but having everyone else you're having a good night I'm having an easier night, I would say.